0: Blog Talk Radio to bring you glory and honor. Spirit, I ask that every word, every word give you glory. Father, that you would touch the hearts of every person listening,
1: Lord. Every person whose heart is open, Father, you would expand it. That you would expand the borders of their hearts, Father, to receive from you. Lord, for any person Who's listening tonight Father who doesn't know you Lord I pray Oh God Father And only the way that you can Father That you would reveal yourself As the one True God That you would reveal your son Jesus Christ As our Savior Your word declares There
0: is no other name given among men By which we must be saved Except for the name of Jesus We sing songs you saying that we exalt you but you've
1: already been exalted your word declares that after you had suffered
0: for the sins of the world you are buried in a tomb and then three days later the father the father resurrected you out of that tomb
1: You ascended into heaven and sat down at his right hand.
0: For the scripture also tells us you continually make intercession for us. Your name has been exalted above every name in heaven and earth.
1: That at your name every knee should bow and every tongue should
0: confess. That Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, in this amazing, sometimes frustrating world that we live in, where more and
1: more it seems like we are living in closer and closer to the times of Noah, where men are getting drunk and getting married and everything else, and it seems looking around that the whole world has lost sight of you, but I know that You have reserved for Yourself. Those who have not bowed their knees to Baal. Those whose hearts are still set upon You, Father. Those whose hearts still long for Your presence. Those whose hearts still desire to hear Your voice. Holy Spirit, that You would speak to us. That You would remove every obstacle that's in our path to You. Father, every hindrance Everything that would divide us, Lord. Everything in our lives that we have put as an idol in front of you. Father, that you would turn our eyes away from worthless things. You would turn our hearts away from worthless things that are fleeting and passing.
0: But Holy Spirit, that you would take our hearts and have them burn for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, that you would forgive every one of our sins. Lord, that you would teach us
1: to be forgiving to others. Something that is easy to say, but not always easy to do. Father, that you would transform us into your image. Lord, your word declare that we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and we are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of God. You said that you know the thoughts you think for us, thoughts of good and not of evil to give us a future and a hope. You said in Jeremiah 33, 3 that we should call upon you and you would answer us and show us great and mighty things we know not of He said, ask
0: you, and you would give us the nations for an inheritance. So, Father, we come before you now. Before the altars. Father, before the bowl of incense. Father, and we declare that your word is true. Jesus, we declare
1: that you are Lord over this earth from one corner to the other, every continent, every nation.
0: Father, asking that your hand would move across this earth from city to city, from town to town, from home to home, even to those without a home, Father, that you would reveal yourself. Lord, that you would bless and uphold and strengthen Israel, Lord, your chosen people.
1: Father, that your hand would be upon them to protect them from every enemy inside and out. Father, that you would reveal
0: yourself, reveal your Son to them. Praise up intercessors in these last days, raise up prophets, raise
1: up evangelists and apostles, raise up preachers and teachers, raise up men, women, and children of God, who are going to be bold and courageous, Father, to speak your word in season and out
0: of season. You said, do not be afraid of their faces, for you are with us to deliver us. Father, we commit our lives to you. We commit our bodies as a living sacrifice to you.
1: Father, that we may know what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Father, that we would know your heart, Lord, not that we would be people who would just continually seek your hand, to continually seek your blessing, Father, for we have your blessing already. And your grace has been poured out upon your people, Father. Father, we enjoy such blessings that words can never describe it, and so much more. You have planned for those who love you. Your Scripture says, "I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the
0: heart of man the things that you have prepared for those that love you." But, Father, we seek not just your hand, but we seek your heart.
1: There are those that would say that there is no God. And those that would say that you're a far-off God. But we believe that you sent your Holy Spirit to reveal your heart to us.
0: Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes that have been blinded, open our ears that have been deafened,
1: Open our hearts, as your word says in Ephesians, that the eyes of our
0: hearts would be flooded with light. Know what is the hope of your calling in Christ Jesus, Father, that you would take the
1: church, Lord, your bride, whom you said you were coming for a pure
0: and spotless bride, Lord. Father, that you would unify us that we would be one just as you and the Father are one. Father, that you would begin to reveal your
1: plans and your purposes to your children. Begin to reveal the intents of your heart, that you would cry out and we would answer,
0: Father. That you would call out and that we would listen. Father, give us a heart to be obedient to you, Father. Take away our love of this world and replace it with an ever-burning
1: passion and desire for your kingdom, Lord.
0: Jesus, you said that kingdom of God has come. Your kingdom upon this earth. Father, we ask that, as always, Lord,
1: that we would see your hand move, Father, signs and wonders. Lord, even tonight, even on this broadcast, Father, according to your word, Lord, that you would heal every person who's sick, every person who's afflicted,
0: Father, every disease would be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, every infirmity, remove every obstacle. Rebuke every demon, every principality that would afflict your people, Jesus. For you are our fortress, our tower, our refuge, our sword and our shield. Sort of idea of where we're going to go with this tonight, but just for at least a minute or two. Um, You know,
1: Jesus said... um, The kingdom of God Has come upon you If I cast the demon out of you Then the kingdom of God has come upon you And You know Across this Earth There's a variety of Christians A variety of I mean I guess you could say flavors People who believe this And believe that And You know In the end Someone asked me My boss um, Was I was talking to my boss Today at work And he asked me What kind of Christian I was And What denomination I was And what um, System or circle I subscribed to And you know my only answer Was is it wasn't one And it's like so non-denominational And I'm like no You know I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ I believe that he Died for the sins of the world That he rose from the dead On the third day that he's seated at the right hand of God I believe he sent his Holy Spirit (laughs) the very, very basis, and you know, sometimes you have to do that, sometimes you have to, you know, the Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and every man who knows the Lord, every man who will come to know the Lord throughout their life will constantly be working out their own salvation, building their own own faith, being rooted and grounded in the truth of the gospel and the love of Christ, determining for yourself what you believe, and hopefully
0: what you believe lines up with what his word declares. And so my boss asked me what I believed in as far as denominations,
1: and I don't really, and I told him, I really don't believe in denominations. I know we have them. You know, there's Baptists and and Catholics and Presbyterians and Episcopalians and um, Lutherans and, you know, all these different um, groups. And I'm not um, slamming any group. I mean, because I know we need church. I know we need community. If you're not around Christians and you're not spending your time around believers, then you're going to be spending your time in the world. And, you know, the first voice you should always be listening to is the Father's. Second voice should be
0: other believers because iron sharpens iron, and the voice you should never be listening to is the world.
1: And there comes a point the church is continually having to learn. That, you know, Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. There is no I'm better or you're better or, you know, you do it this way and I do it this way. You know, it really doesn't matter. What really matters is who's going to be willing to step out of the boat and walk toward Jesus when he calls. Pure and simple. Um, That's the basic of it. Who's going to be willing to take up their banner, the Lord our righteousness, and to go into the world proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ? And you know, I love going to church. I have the most amazing pastor, and the only reason I say that is because I I can see the love of God in him. He loves his congregation. He loves his sheep. He loves his flock. But church isn't where it's all at. Where it's all at is in the streets and in the cities and in your and in the workplaces and all and in the grocery stores and everywhere you go that you have an opportunity to proclaim the name of Jesus, not only in your words, but also in your actions. And we have a whole world, millions and millions and billions of people, most of whom or a lot of whom have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I grew up in a, um, not a Christian home, but I grew up in a home that, you know, they believed in God. And they would go to church on holidays, and, and, you know, they would watch, like, televangelists on TV. And there was a Bible in the house, but back when I was growing up, there was a Bible in every house.
0: And to me, it's shocking, almost inconceivable, that
1: there could be someone out there that doesn't know who Jesus is. To me, it's always been, growing up, I always thought, well, either you believe in Jesus, or you've heard about him, and you didn't believe in him, and it was a fine line. This whole other group of people Who had absolutely no clue Who Jesus was Was such a foreign concept to me I heard a preacher say once He was talking about He went on a missions trip to India And, you know, once a year, I believe um, They make a pilgrimage to the Ganges River And they bathe in this river Because this is how they get forgiveness for their sins. And I don't know
0: all that goes into it, but, you know, he pointed out how horrible it is that they've never been told that someone
1: already died for their sins, that we have an entire world out there trying to live a good life, for the most part. Some don't, but... You know, for the most part, people are trying to live a good life, trying to earn their way into the acceptance of the Father, trying to earn their way into heaven, thinking they have to do it all on their own, and then realizing they can, and so then they just turn away from God, sort of like Adam and Eve did. And then at that point, anything you say to them doesn't work because their defenses are already up, because they've never known the love of God. They've never known the love of Christ. They've never had the experience of knowing that Jesus died for their sins. It's always that Jesus out there and or that
0: Christian God or whatever, but they don't really know. And before that can even happen, you know, Paul
1: said, how will they know unless someone tells them how will someone tell them unless they're sent? You know, blessed are the few of those who prepare the gospel of peace. And you know, I probably messed that verse up a little bit, but anyway, um, you know, the first steps first. You know, here on this radio station, Prayer International Ministry, it's always the focus has always been the first step is intercession, the first step is prayer, the first step is your relationship with God. It always has to be first. There can't be any substitution. You can't rearrange the order. If, you, if you're if you not in your prayer closet with Him, seeking His face, hearing His voice, you'll never be ready to go out and confront everybody else until you've had time to confront Him. And I don't mean that you have to spend 18 hours a day in prayer. There are people who do. I don't because I can't because I work and all sorts of stuff and children and family. And, you know, I was telling Chris that a lot of days um, I won't have an hour just to pray. A whole lot of days I don't. So my communion with God becomes a constant every day as much as possible, keeping my mind focused upon him always having him in my thoughts, always having him in my heart, that no matter what I'm doing, I realize that he's there. And you know, that's communion, it's prayer. Prayer isn't supposed to be some ritual act that we perform because we think we're going to get something on the other end of it. Prayer, in its basic essence, is supposed to be about fellowship. It's supposed to be about communion with the Most High God. In the Old Testament, you know, men couldn't do that. Men and women and children, they couldn't just go up into the presence of God. They couldn't go behind the veil. They couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. You know, it was reserved for one priest once a year who would go in there. And even the priest, they'd have to tie a rope around him so that if he had any sin when he walked behind the veil, the curtain... He could he if he had sin he would drop dead and they'd have to pull him out. But you know, the Bible says, Come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. It says that he has made a way through the veil of his flesh. When Jesus was upon the cross before
0: he spirit to the Father. It says there was an earthquake and the veil of the temple torn, too.
1: You know, some people see it as, okay, there was an earthquake, blah, 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 it happened, it was a coincidence, but no. You know, with God, there are no coincidences. I really, really don't believe that. I don't believe in predestination, as people would say. I don't believe that God knows, or that God chooses who's going to get saved and who's not going to get saved. I believe every man has a choice. God just continually works to try to make sure that they make the right choice. As He says, he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But you know, the veil of the temple is torn in two, signaling that there's no more separation.
0: It says he crucified in his flesh the enmity, the, the law of the commandments. That we would all have open access To the Father And even more than that On the
1: day of Pentecost He sent the Holy Spirit The Helper The Ruach HaKadosh To be
0: with us Continually To lead us and to guide us Into truth And what's truth? He is
1: Jesus Jesus is truth You know Jesus always Always pointed toward the Father. He always glorified the Father. The Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. Because everything begins and ends with Him. It says that He is the firstborn among all creation. It says all things that were made, all things that were created, were made through Him, and by Him, and for Him, and by Him all things exist and consist, whether in heaven or on earth. He is the glue that holds the very fabric of
0: existence
1: together. There's a verse in the book of Job that says, he
0: could withdraw his breath from the world and it would cease to exist.
1: You know, we hear the schools and the science community always trying to preach the Big Bang Theory. And You know, regardless of exactly what happened at the moment of creation, how he breathed life into this world, we know that he spoke and
0: life came into existence. And he did it twice. Once when he made the universe and he
1: made everything in it. And then Jesus, for the second time, Breathe life into us when we were born again, and our spirits once again became quickened and became alive.
0: So the first step, always, always, is your relationship with Him. Second step is is after the intercession
1: is when you go out and you proclaim to the world that Jesus is Lord. And if you don't go, who will? And when we say go, you know we're not saying get up and buy a plane ticket and go to the other side of the world. We're saying get up and go next door. Go to the person who lives right next to you. Go to the person down your street. Go to the person at your school. Go to the person at your gas station. When you're in the grocery store, Everywhere you go, everything you do, be an example of who he is, an example of the love of God, never judging because it's not our place to judge. It never has been. It never will be. The only person who has earned a right to throw any stone was the Lord Jesus Christ, and he... (laughs) And it wouldn't matter at this point because he already died for the sins of the world, so there's no more stones to throw to begin with. Our job, our purpose, our mission, our goal is to demonstrate the love of God. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn to the world, but that the
0: world through him might be saved. Are there people in the world that sin? Yes, by
1: all means. But the Bible says all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Are the sins of the world apparent and are they getting worse and worse? Yes. But, you know, the Bible says that. It's going to happen. Men will choose the darkness over the light because their sins are evil when they don't have the heart of the father in them sometimes we as christians we um we get to the place where because we're righteous through him we consider ourselves righteous overall that somehow we have been placed in a place in a seat of judgment to judge the world when we're not and we're no different than the world. The only difference between us and the rest of the world is we have the
0: revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Something to keep in mind when you're out there.
1: And, you know, something I'm continually working on for the Father is to develop his heart for the world. You know, the Bible says, how can you love the Father you haven't seen if you can't love the people that you can see you know says the person who hates his neighbor doesn't have the love of God in him because if we loved him completely, fully perfectly then you wouldn't be able to help you wouldn't be able to help but love his creation
0: whoever they are whatever they do doesn't matter because they're all his And so we desire to pray and to intercede for the nations.
1: Wherever they're at, at any moment in time, there is someone in the world who needs your prayers.
0: Every moment of every day, someone needs your prayers. Because every moment of every day, someone is going to pass from death to life.
1: And then the real question is, is did they know him or not? And granted, you can't be everywhere at once, but he can, and he is. And it seems sometimes the Father is waiting on us to act, waiting on the intercessor, waiting on the person to go forth and conquer the armies of the enemy. The most funny thing about that, which is a completely different Message for another night is that every victory, every battle, is always won not through our force, but it's won through our prayers and it's won through praise. Isn't that what Paul said? He said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and the rulers of the darkness of this age. You know the wall of Jericho. You know the armies of Israel are marching, and you know there's the wall of Jericho, and you know, they could have gotten whatever weapons they had and they could have started beating on the walls and and trying to, like, take down these walls. You know, some walls aren't made to be broken with human hands. Some walls can only come down by the Spirit of God.
0: Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty. Don't be mistaken. He's victorious. He has conquered death, hell, and the grave. But not everybody believes that yet. And so we still have work to do. I know people who
1: talk about how they're waiting and waiting for him to return, and we all long for his return. I think me more than anybody... The Bible says that the earth groans with birth pangs. The earth itself waiting for his return. But then there's the other part of me that isn't ready for him to return because there's so many
0: people out there who don't know him. And every day that goes by is another day that We miss opportunities to proclaim who he is to the nations. So we're going to go into worship for just a few minutes.
1: This is Prayer International Radio. If you have a prayer request, if you need healing, um, prayer of any kind, give us a call. Our number is 619-638-8458.
0: And we will be back in just a minute.
2: Good he is where you're at. Just lift it up. Thank you, God.
0: Okay, everybody, well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio.
1: Sorry for the brief delay, but my internet seemed to mess up just for a second. Anyway, um, so we were talking about prayer and intercession and evangelism and the
0: relationship with God, you know, wanted to... um, Go off course a little bit
1: here and talk about um, Because we talked um, Earlier in the broadcast about The love of God And other people And you know one of the Problems with Church And not church as church itself But you know we Go to church Every Sunday morning or Wednesday Nights or whenever and you go to the church and you hear your message and you do your worship and you leave. Which is great because we need it and especially if you haven't had time during your week to worship or praise or hear the word of God or to get into your Bible. But The one thing that ends up being lacking is community and relationships and fellowships. You know, Jesus, after he had laid hands on all his disciples and he sent them out and he gave them his word. He always sent them in twos. He never sent them on their own. And, you know, I find I found over the course of my life with the Lord that, you know, real relationships, real ministry rarely ever happens in large scale settings. You know, every now and then you'll have those um, big ministries and the big revivals and the big meetings where like tons of people come, and that's great. But most things in this world, as far as relationships go, happen on a one-to-one basis. Our relationship with the Father, while we can have a corporate relationship and there's a special corporate anointing, that comes in a special presence when we're gathered together in a corporate setting. In general, for the most part, your relationship with God won't happen in church, but it happens in the secret place, wherever that secret place is. As we discussed earlier, whether it's in the car or wherever it is that you find yourself thinking about him But your relationship with him is always one-on-one. And relationships in this world, especially with non-believers, always happen one-on-one. You can't wait. You can't rely on someone to come to church. And I'm not saying you shouldn't invite people to churches and to meetings. But we all need to make an effort to look around our immediate circles, our immediate areas to find the people that are closest to us to develop those relationships with. Because one reason people don't believe Christians for the most part is because people don't trust Christians. Um, you know, um, and as horrible as it is to say that, you know, I find myself looking around at the world and Christians in general and I end up not trusting many of them myself You know, I've been blessed over the last however many years of my life to have walked in an amazing grace of the Lord, blessed my life with many people, an amazing family, the most amazing wife any man could ever have, and, you know, the most amazing friends, which theoretically is just one, which is Chris. But, you know, the thing about relationships is it's always the one-on-one. It's when you can actually lay yourself before someone being exposed, where you open your heart up to them. And because that's where trust comes. And, you know, the world will never believe you. They will never believe anything that comes out of your mouth if they don't trust you, if you're not. Number one, walking... And the things that you say you believe in. You know, as Christians, it's really easy to talk. But James said to be viewers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. And we as Christians, the whole body, the church of the living God, need to get into the habit of waking up in the morning and letting the Lord examine our hearts, examining our own lives to find if there's any area that he needs to work in. And I think, especially for me, is one of those areas is your relationships with others. You know, we get caught up in what we're doing, what our plans are, our purposes, and who our friends are that we forget how many people are out there that don't know the Lord. And... But it doesn't start always by going door-to-door. Preaching the gospel, sometimes it starts going door-to-door asking if someone needs prayer. Not because you just want to be able to boast that you can pray, or that miracles and signs and wonders will happen, even though they will, because that's what the Bible says. But out of a real spirit, out of a real heart of compassion, you know, Jesus didn't do anything without having a heart for the people. It says he looked up and beheld the multitude, and they were a sheep without a shepherd. It said he would be moved with compassion for someone and would heal them. And what you'll also notice a lot is that people that Jesus healed, people that Jesus touched...
0: Many of them didn't know who he was. They had heard stories about him.
1: and But that was it. They didn't really know him. And they didn't have their relationship with him. They weren't following the law. They weren't like the most devout, the most righteous, the most anything. They were regular, ordinary people who had a need in their lives. And, you know, there's so many needs out there. I know Chris's wife, Tracy, runs a food and clothing uh, pantry, donating goods. I mean, any time that I've talked to them, not every time, but a lot of times, they're always continually grabbing clothes. I think at one point they mentioned there's so many days a week that they have to actually wash clothes because so many clothes come in that they turn around and give out. And I'm not saying that just to boast about them because all our all our rewards, all our boasting isn't among men, it's among God.
0: But we all, every one of us, need to have that compassion for the world. Because until they see the
1: compassion, the works don't matter. You know, we see people who need healing, and how often do we pass them by and not pray for them? You know, I can raise my hand a million times to that answer. And, you know, I always stop and I ask myself why.
0: And it either comes down to I'm too busy, or I don't really
1: feel all spiritual at the moment, or just don't care at the moment. And none of those answers is the correct one when we're standing before the Father. And he asks us what we did with the gifts that he gave us and the talents that he gave us. And you know, healing, (laughs) when it talked about spiritual gifts, healing wasn't in there. And laying hands on the sick wasn't one of the spiritual gifts. When he appointed offices in the church, pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist, Healing wasn't one of them. When Paul outlined the spiritual gifts, you know, prophecy and speaking in tongues, healing wasn't one of them because laying hands on the sick and then recovering wasn't a spiritual gift that was given. It was a command that was given. He didn't say, wait, and then sooner or later you can keep praying for it and You know, I'll I'll bless you with the the gift of healing and to be able to heal people. And, you know, there's people who operate in a higher level of that gift.
0: But it's not so much the gift as the command. Jesus said, do it. What are we waiting for?
1: So either we don't believe that he's telling the truth, and we know that's not true because... He's not a man that he should lie. His words are the same yesterday, today, and forever, like he is. He said, the words that leave his mouth will never return to him, boy, but will accomplish that for which he sent them. So it's not that he lied about it. So it's either that we don't care, and if that's the case, then how can they really say we have the love of God in us? And that we have his heart, if the things that are most important to him, which is the world,
0: is not the most important thing to us And then, what was the other one? Oh, we
1: could be too busy, which really isn't an excuse, since you know we're at the end of the ages, and time is coming, the trumpets are gonna sound. The world is getting corrupt and more and more, like we said at the beginning of the show, just like the days of Noah. And so the question is, what are we waiting for? You know, before the break, we were talking about the kingdom of God is at hand. What exactly is it that we, the church, are waiting for? Are we waiting for a new revelation to come down from heaven? that says, hey, you can go lay hands on the sick and not recover. No, because there's no more revelations. You know, I've heard that, and people say there's no new revelations. And and I I never necessarily agreed with the way they said it, because I know that God speaks today. He still speaks to people. There are still prophets. Actually, everybody's a prophet, because
0: everybody now, through the Holy Spirit, has the ability to hear the voice of God. Everybody has the ability to pray
1: The one amazing thing we all have in common Excuse me We talked earlier about how There's all these different churches and denominations And you know the one thing we can all agree on Is Jesus is who he says he was He died on the cross for our sins He rose from the dead The book of John starts off and says in the beginning was the word And the word was with God
0: And the word was God So we know his word is true and it says that by his stripes we are healed Not by our fancy language Paul
1: said I have determined Not to know anything among you
0: Except for Christ Jesus And him crucified Christ Jesus and him crucified So what are we waiting on To do the works
1: that He called us to do. The Bible says in Ephesians that, for we are His workmanship, chapter two, I believe verse 10, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand
0: that we should walk in them. The only revelation that there is,
1: is Him. He is the revelation. He is the treasure that was hidden for the ages to be revealed
0: in these last times. Jesus, who was and is and is to come. And so there's no reason not to see someone who needs healing and to go pray for them. Because he's waiting for us to do just that. He's waiting for us to go feed the hungry to clothe those who don't have food, who don't have
1: clothes. You know all the works of Jesus. you know Jesus said it's the will of the Father It says that his food and drink is to do the will of him who sent me to complete the works which he sent,
0: and the last one on the cross he said it's finished. It's a done deal. That's it. And then we get to walk in the blessings of his obedience. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. This whole world could be literally transformed if Christians would start believing the word of God. What really would it be like if people... The church would start walking
1: in his word, start believing in his word, getting up every morning, putting on
0: the full armor of God. The entire world would be
1: changed around us and we wouldn't even have to put forth an effort. But I guess before we can ever get to that point, we need to get to the place of prayer. And back to the place of seeking his face. We hear so much from the world about God says this and God does that and who is this God anyway. You know, I always tell people that if you need to hear a word from the Lord, the first place you should go shouldn't be your church. It shouldn't be your best friend who went to seminary. It shouldn't be the televangelist on TV. When you need to hear a word from the Lord, the first thing you should do, even more so if you're in a situation that's a crisis, is you go into his word,
0: and you read his word, and you ask the Holy Spirit to make it alive to you. And then you get in your prayer closet,
1: and you don't leave until you've heard his voice.
0: You know, the Bible says that he leads us And guides us into all truth The sheep have to be able to recognize The voice of their father The voice of their shepherd And that only comes from
1: prayer And that only comes from intercession That only comes from relationship
0: You know Moses went up to the mountain Afraid I believe I would
1: be and came down shining like the sun
0: because of this encounter with the Lord. His face shining with a glory that was passing away
1: from a covenant that was passing away. Something that was temporary but yet we as children of the Most High God, as the Bible says, seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, having been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Us who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit, (laughs) Chris says this a lot, same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that entered into the tomb on the third day and removed Jesus From the pangs of death itself
0: Raised him up The same Holy Spirit Is dwelling in us The question is do you believe it or not And if you don't believe it Then you need to get your Bible
1: And start reading it You need to get in your prayer closet And seek his face
0: because you need to have an answer ready for that world out there. And the confidence that he's there with you when you
1: go. You know, many people like Catherine Coleman would get up on stage and, you know, the funny thing about those those supernatural meetings that people like Catherine Coleman would have and even Benny Hinn in the beginning as you know, Catherine Coleman said that every day when before she would go out on stage,
0: she would pray and she would say that if he wasn't going with
1: her, that she didn't want to go out there because she realized it had nothing to do with Catherine Coleman. It had everything to do with him. All she had to do was be a vessel to proclaim his word and then let him do the rest. You know, take um, this Christian life, this walk, this relationship with him very, very practically. Um, and, you know, he said in Jeremiah chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, we'll read this real fast before we run out of time. He said in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And this applies to all of us. And then Jeremiah said, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. And how many excuses do we all have? But the Lord said to me, Do not say, for I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you to speak, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. For I am with you to deliver you. All throughout the Bible, From the beginning to the end, He's with us. He doesn't change.
0: And I think that your relationship with God determines the fruit of your life. And that if you love the Lord, you're in His Word, seeking His face,
1: love your neighbors. Because you love him, so you can't help but love your neighbors. And you have the relationship with him. You don't have to try to do miracles. You don't have to try to do signs and wonders. You don't have to make forth extra effort necessarily to pray or to proclaim his word or do any of that stuff because it becomes natural. The very fruit of your life Will be the result of your relationship with Him, or to put it another way,
0: all the other stuff in the Christian life comes as fruit to your relationship with Him. If you get into the place of trusting Him, and what that looks like is,
1: and I'll, I'll sort of paint for you an example. You're walking along the street. And you see someone who has a need. Or we'll just say someone who's sick or whatever. Or someone who has, is in a wheelchair or, or whatever it is. It doesn't make a difference because, you know, he's God and he does really cool things. And this is what it looks like. You're standing there, you're looking at him. You're having that little debate in your head about what you should do. And the enemy's going to come in and say what you shouldn't do. And you look at the person and you think about what the Lord thinks about them and the love that he has for them. Does it matter if they're saved or not? Not really. Because either way, they're still his. And then the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover so you know what the word of God declares. And so you walk up You lay your hands on them. You pray whatever prayer you want to pray.
0: And then you're like, okay, God, your turn. And that's it. That's how simple it is.
1: If you're having financial issues in your own life, here's what it looks like. You stand in the place of prayer before him, because the Bible said, come boldly to the throne of God. Which were accepted in a time of need, in pretty much any time, because that He made a way through the veil of His flesh. We're accepted into His presence. We're righteous, not because of our works, but because of the works that He's already done upon the cross. So there's no reason to feel ashamed or condemned or anything, because He's our Father. He loves us. He died for us.
0: Our sins are forgiven. So now we're righteous before Him. And you go back into His Word says, I've never seen the righteous hungry or is he begging for bread or something like that. And it says that he's Jehovah Jireh the Lord who provides. The Lord God our provider. All everything in heaven and earth is his. And you stand there and you're like okay, your turn. You know, Ephesians says, having done all the stand, you stand. And in everything you do in this life, as a Christian,
1: you do a tiny bit of faith, and then you let him do everything else. And you begin to walk in a relationship of trust with him, not based on yourself, not looking in a mirror, trying to analyze whether you're good enough, or whether you deserve it, or whether you've had enough time in prayer or anything else, but you turn your eyes toward him and look at what he's done, what he's accomplished, what he's finished, what his word declares. Because his word's eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will last forever. And you say, okay,
0: God, your will be done. Have at it. You know, we pray and we intercede for the nations because there's a lot of them. And you pray and you ask God to deliver the nations, to break the bondages, to open people's hearts, and then you're like, okay, God, your turn. And you let his hand move. And that's how simple it is. And then you believe and you trust him. So this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number six one nine six three eight
1: eight four five eight. 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, give us a call. We're going to go into worship and call if you need prayer.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Prayer
1: International Radio We have about uh, six minutes left So we're going to wrap it up in prayer Father, for all the people who are listening to this show tonight, Lord Father, from whatever country they're listening, Lord You know every need they have You know
0: the desires of their heart Father, and So Lord, we Stand in agreement Father that you would answer Every single one of their prayers You already know Every
1: need Father Father that you would Provide an abundance Of finances to them Lord Lord that they Not only would Be provided for Father Lord But they can also be a blessing To every person they run into Father that you would Make us Givers Lord Lord Lord, that you would turn our hearts, that we would be givers, Lord, just as you have been to us, Father. You said freely you have received, freely give, Lord. And so our finances, Lord, our love, everything we have, Father, we lay it before you form our lives. Father, into your image, Lord, not just in the word, Father, but also in everything we do.
0: Lord, you said that you are writing on our hearts that we have become living epistles, Father, living biographies
1: of your grace and your goodness, Lord. So, Father, reveal to every single person listening your love for them, Father, that they would be rooted and grounded in love and know that the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, Father, that you would give them boldness to proclaim your word in season and out of season, Father, to every person they come in contact with. Father, that you would give them wisdom. Father, give them
0: revelation. Father, that your hand would move, even as it has been moving, Father, that it would move across this nation, across this world, Thank you Jesus So we'll be back tomorrow night If you need prayer in the meantime You can email us
1: at Prayerinternational At gmail.com